This should be something you're working on all year long and collaborating all year long, looking at, you know, your balance sheet, looking at your streams of income and really looking at what investments work for you. And I do that. We've been doing that for a couple of years now. And it's really powerful when you can kind of have that strategy. And then you look at what investments work for your 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 balance sheet. Welcome to 7 to 8, our special series on 7 and 8 figure speakers. In this interview series, some of the hottest speakers in the industry who've made over seven figures in a year or less will uncover their twists and turns in their adventures, helping you to avoid the potholes and stick to the fast track. Welcome now to center stage, our next guest speaker. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I'm here with my most amazing guest, Robin. Robin, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you. It is a pleasure to be here. I'm really excited to to talk and just share and see where our conversation goes. Nice. Well, I'm very excited to learn everything there is to know about you, but let's start with a highlight of who you are and what you do for business. Okay. So uh, first and foremost, I'm a a wife, I'm a mom, and I am in my mid-50s. And so my story that I'll share with you a little bit is about sort of of how my journey, how how I arrived at doing what I do today uh, and sort of where I see myself going. Um, So my background, if you will, was in healthcare administration. So I ran nursing homes for 24 years. So I too had a W-2 job along with my husband who was running a second generation, a civil engineering company here in Houston, Texas. That is where we live, Uh, is where we live today, our primary home. And uh, we've got three adult kids and they arrange in age from 20 to about to be 28. So I have been the mom, the working mom and trying to juggle and figuring out how to um, invest in real estate and other investments kind of all at the same time. And in the last five years, I've retired and uh, from running nursing homes. And so that was a great window of time for me to kind of figure out what do I want to do? You know, I'm not retired, but rewiring and really dove more into the passion of real estate investing, got acquainted with some podcasts, really listened to a lot from the real estate guys, uh, Robert Helms and Russell Gray, and really thought, okay, you know, this is really time with all the reading and education that we've done along the way, because it wasn't really an instant journey. This is like a 20 year journey, if you will, you know, all of your experiences and all the education that you have really lead to where you are. It's really with what you do with it. And with, because we had been investing in um, commercial properties, um, self-storage facilities, single family homes, but I began to learn about syndicating which was a new space. I had never really done that. And so in the last year, I have uh, had the privilege of syndicating two projects and really looking at some other asset classes. So a multifamily, a 200 door multifamily uh, property in Atlanta, Georgia, and also did a Bitcoin mining fund that recently, the last couple of months with some some business partners. So my husband and I created a syndication business 
called REAP, Real Equity Investment Partners. And from that, I've kind of been able to get into some other business lines. I mean, like in a nutshell, I'll tell you, and then we can dive into. Well, yeah, let's start with what a syndicate offer is just for Mm -hmm. anybody that doesn't know what you mean by that. Yes. So for, for years, we had been doing investments with our own money or one specific partner. And when you syndicate, and I had never heard what that term meant until a couple of years ago, I was like, I don't even know what that means. It's really, we hear it in the news and go, oh, it's a syndication. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know, you know, and just then kind of diving into that space a little more, but it's really enabling yourself to do larger projects bring other investors in, create streams of passive income, and finding projects that really uh, speak to whatever your investment philosophy might be, and then looking for investors where that fits what their needs are. So as you create your syndication business, it's not just because the deal is an amazing deal and you think everybody ought to be in that deal, as you're working to create your database and your investor database, it's what do your investors really need? And so really diving into understanding, do folks need passive income, um, depreciation, um, offsetting taxes, you know, what are their needs? So whatever your deal is that you're working on, whatever that creates, then you really need to align that with the needs of the folks that that you're you're working with in your database. So because not all deals are for everyone, you know, mm-hmm. you've got to keep other people in mind with what their needs are. Yeah. So technically though, and in a real estate syndicate is when you have a piece of property and you want to have multiple investors in it and they have basically a joint venture for that particular property yep. and everybody's under kind of agreements of what splits and all that kind of fun jazz right. are. And they can and, be different for every yeah. single building. Yes. And, yeah. and you know, many, all projects are different. You know, some projects are a buy and hold mm-hmm. and you're pulling equity out and other projects have time, you know, links to them, like maybe a three-year hold, uh, three to five years. So, so you're always looking whenever you begin looking at getting involved in syndications as an investor or even as a general partner, what's your exit strategy? I mean, I think that's very important to understand. <laughs> and very important to understand that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you really need to know how that works and and about your distributions. You know, what's that look like, really? So, and, and of- technically, with syndications, there there is my understanding, and absolutely, feel free to um, correct me on this. Is why we have you here is that it's not necessarily a entity of its own. Like it's not necessarily a company. It's just exactly that a syndicate. It's it's just an agreement between a group of people interested in investing in a property. Is that true or no? Well, the syndications that I've been involved in, I mean, they are, you know, business entities. Now okay. you can come into the investment as an individual mm-hmm. or as a as an LLC. Um, and so it kind of depends on what your 
asset mapping and your tax strategy is for yourself personally. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, you really align that with, I always, I always share with folks when they're, maybe it's their first syndication that they're, they're coming in as a limited partner, you know, that really consult with your tax expert, your CPA and see what structure works best for you as an investor, because what works for me as an investor might be different than, you know, Mary Jo as an investor and where she is in her wealth growth, you know, and, you know, make sure. So, so this is critical. I mean, foundationally, when we began working towards creating a syndication business and investment business. We really work diligently with our CPA and legal counsel on looking at what we already had, we, meaning my husband and I, had as far as investments and business. You know, where does that fall? And as your entity map, your asset mapping grows, so should then where your LLCs fall. And so it's real helpful if you're kind of looking at, well, I've never done any of this before. Uh, my first suggestion is consult with your tax expert. I am not the tax expert. You need to consult with your CPA and see with this investment, where does it benefit you the most? And if it doesn't benefit you, like if it's not creating something that works with your dreams and aspirations, then it's not a good deal for you. Your tax accountant can tell you your needs. And um, I want to back that up even a little bit further, because one of the things that I really talk a lot about and share with folks is understanding your investment philosophy and co coordinating that with your tax CPA. And you just don't get to the end of the year in like October and November and decide, oh, the end of the year is wrapping up. I need to work on taxes. This should be something you're working on all, all year, year long, long and collaborating all year long, looking at, you know, your balance sheet, looking at your streams of income and really looking at what investments work for you. And I do that. We've been doing that for a couple of years now. And it's really powerful when you can kind of have that strategy. And then you look at what investments work for your, your, your balance sheet, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I know I, I said a lot and I said more than you actually asked me. <laughs> that was awesome. It's really key for yeah. folks as they look at, okay, you know, uh, even, even investing as a limited partner, you can create passive income. Mm -hmm. And there are some great phenomenal deals out there without syndicating. You don't have to be the general partner. But well, let's back up the, the bus a little bit because some yeah. people are going to be avid real estate investors. Some of them are going to be <laughs> avid, but not necessarily in the States. Some of them are going to be totally new to this and going, oh my God, what are you talking about? And how do yeah. I do this? So let's, and I think it benefits everyone, no matter how veteran you are in the real estate investing world to back up the bus and look at those strategies and revisit them every year, because yeah. for most of us, it changes every year, whether it's an a want to, a need to, or a <laughs> stuff's happened and, oh, look, hey, we, no, we've that's happened and it's like, oh my God, I need to pivot. You know, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So what kind of things are you looking at when you're looking at kind of your 
um, your strategy and your build out, things that come to my mind are things like, what's your age? How much money do you have to play with or not play with? Um, and and how long are we looking at kind of using that money? How 25 year olds gonna obviously have different vested interests in where their assets are than somebody that's say 60. So what do you look for? What do you recommend people are looking for when they're starting to figure out what their what their strategy or um, what their plan of action is going to be, what their intentions are with it before they so, even set up their strategy? <laughs> one of and, and I'm making notes here so that I don't get like running down too many too many. <laughs> I have to keep myself because I have a tendency to whoa. We could go all over the place. So one of my first suggestions for anyone is to make sure you have a personal financial statement. If you do not have that filled out on yourself, you don't know what I'm talking about, literally Google free personal financial statement, or you can email me and I am happy to share just a template um, because you have to know where you are to know where you're going. And your personal financial statement is going to give you an idea of your assets and your liabilities. And that will create a snapshot of your net worth. You know, you will be looking at, I have a, making it up, car payment. I have a car. I own a home. I have a student loan. Um, I have, you know, a couple of single family homes, I have whatever in their, their value. And so that is an exercise that my husband and I had to begin many years ago because we own an engineering firm in Houston, Texas. And so we would have to create our personal or update, update our personal financial statement for the bank because we were this the signers at the bank on the loans for our business. Okay. And so that's not something that usually folks, many folks have on hand, but we would update that every year. Now we're in a different position where we update that every couple of months. And the reason for that is because we have collaborative reviews with our CPA and we're constantly updating that because we're looking at strategy for investments. So it's a different space, but it is the number one thing that everyone needs to, to, to start, you know, look at where you are and that meets everyone's needs. You know, it can be surprising once you begin really putting everything down, you know, what kind of investments maybe do you have in, um, Schwab accounts or Fidelity or, you know, you know, off, you know, Wall Street and other investments, kind of where you are. And if you're nowhere, hey, that's fine. Know where you are. So then the second thing that I would suggest really is to take a kind of a, a look at yourself, a three, five, 10, 25 year vision. What kind of lifestyle do you desire? You know, so dream your lifestyle and dream big and look at your point A, which is your personal financial statement to your dream. And there's usually going to be a gap most of the time, most of the time. 
And so you want to figure out, okay, to get me there, what do I need to do? Do I need to replace W-2 income? How do I do that? Um, in, in an avenue that we have chosen to grow wealth is real estate. And, you know, I want to make sure that I, I say it's, it's a journey I've been on for years, reading books, educating myself, um, having dialogue with my husband, you know, who was a bigger, much bigger reader than I was. Now I've kind of jumped on that wagon and I really, you know, I actually read books, which some years ago, I just really had no interest in that. I'd, I'd love Thank to get them for the cliff notes. <laughs> <laughs> so just tell me like, what do I need just to know? What do I need to know? Just answer my questions. You no, know, I don't I'm have totally time to read. Great. I mean, you know, I've worked all day. I've cooked dinner. I got to do the same thing tomorrow. And like, I'm exhausted and I love to just, you know, watch like mindless TV, you know? I, um, I have an engineer in my life too. And I go just <sighs> debrief the book for me. Whatever the highlights, <laughs> give me the cold notes. And they can, they can really do that. So- <laughs> So, so that is really important because, because without doing that, you haven't created a level of, uh, an investment philosophy, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing literally that everyone can do is get the right CPA. I talk about CPAs all the time. Get the right CPA, get the right CPA. That's this is the, right. the bane of my existence in the financial world. I, you cannot overemphasize this. So carry mm -hmm. on, you are preaching. <laughs> so I will I will tell you, we've had good CPAs throughout the right. years. Okay. We've had great CPAs, but but they didn't counsel me if I would say, oh, you know, like I read this in this book. What do you think? Can I do this? Oh, you can do that. Well, that's not what I was looking for. I was looking for guidance and direction. Lots of it, you know? And so, so getting the right CPA that specializes in your field. So by that, I mean, if real estate is your investment avenue, then you need a CPA that understands real estate investing agriculture, carbon, commercial properties, uh, multifamily, and how that all works. You are needing to have guidance and direction. Okay. Simultaneously, you know, because that then begins building your team. I would suggest looking at who all those team members are. Like, what are you, what are you developing, you know? Because as you kind of figure out your own business life, then you begin creating strategy to move out and create other LLCs, other business entities, being involved as a limited partner in investing, or being a part of a group where you're a general partner and you can begin syndicating larger projects. So simultaneously, there's brokers, insurance agents, but really legal counsel is for us the next step that we really took because we had some other, other things in our life. We owned a business, but I, but I also had a business with some single family homes. And then I was creating a syndication business. And then we sold my husband's engineering firm. And that was a Sentinel event because that is a financial 
big issue. And I say issue because it creates suddenly a giant taxable event in your life. And you have to figure out real quick, what the heck, what do I do? And so we lived what I talk about and, and we lived it. And yeah, you so, don't really realize the full ramifications of wealth. <laughs> until you no. it and you're like, oh, this is an issue. And right. which is, so I'm going to kind of bring it back to, it's super important that somebody understands what your goals are. Is it capital gains? Is it cash flow? Is it, because a lot of people say, well, I just want to make more money. And it's like, that's not really a goal. It's, it's a nice start, but how? And if you don't understand how to articulate how you're going to do that, that's where that, the studying comes and kind of listening to people in the podcast, because there can be a huge difference between a rate of return and interest rate. And if you don't understand the nuance between those two things, and you know, at the time I learned it, it took me three months to figure it out. Like, I don't get what the big deal is. What are you talking about? And then when it hit, I'm like, oh, that's that's kind of a big deal. <laughs> it makes so, a huge difference. Michelle, you said something that was like really so important out of everything that you were just talking about. Yes, mm -hmm. all of that is like critical. And, and, yeah. and you learn that in your process. But you talked about goals. You mentioned goals. And so if you don't mind my just kind of going yeah. there a little bit, because that really was a game changer in our lives. And I'm using our lives, but you know, I'm talking about Robin. So I attended a couple of years ago, a goals retreat, which I've done every year. Okay. Because it is so powerful. And so in a lot of different ways, because we have, I have always had new year's resolutions. I've had aspirations. I've had thoughts. I've had some really good ideas, but a goal has to be measurable and it, it, it has to be big and a stretch, but it also has to be like realistic to some degree. Like you can't run out and go say, I want to lose 40 pounds. And really what it is, is you want health and wellness. And there are measuring uh, bar, measurement bars that enable you to get there. As Bob Proctor used to say, you can cut off your leg and lose 40 pounds. Yeah. It's not really the goal. It's like, okay, well, how <laughs> are you going to do that? You're going to yeah. exercise. How many times a week doing what? But it is also nutrients, it is diet, it is sleep, it is cutting out some of the things that might really taste good and feel good, but aren't really beneficial in your life. So as we set these goals in, I kind of did it myself so that I could kind of process it in these buckets. You know, I did, I did, you know, business and then I did personal and then I did spiritual and I did health and wellness and I did uh, relationships because these are all compartments in my life that have a lot of pieces to them and it helped me organize my thoughts but it also helped me deep dive into where am I in all those places and where am I going and so that was you know, we talk about the personal financial statement, dreaming big, getting a CPA, but goal setting is, and it 
you know, you're, we're, we're sitting here in about to be April. It's not too late. Gosh, if you haven't done it, do it. It's none of this is too late to start at any point in time in this year. And then with that, an accountability partner that you can kind of bounce things off with to help you achieve those things. And, and what I found along the way is that I've had to pivot as I've grown professionally, my goals have shifted a little bit, like with personal self-development investments and, and all of those things that come together. So I, it is, you can, as you can tell, it's like a, it's like a huge piece of who I am. And I believe so strongly in that because it's the foundation of your success as an individual. You know, we all measure success and wealth differently. Absolutely. And I totally agree that it's never too late to start though. So my parents are 90 and they have certain assumptions about how um, asset allocation works, how inheritances Mm -hmm. work, all those laws and kind of the handing down of things. And what we realized was by talking to CPA that understood agricultural taxation and uh, real estate assets, that they were better off um, doing some things, changing some things while they were alive and can utilize the land. And that had awesome tax ramifications for us uh, in the long run. So it's never too late. You never, you know, never assume that you know everything there is to know about something and that you're limited because it's probably not true. There's almost always ways um, around things that you yeah. you just have to, you don't know what you don't know kind of thing. Um, right. So when it comes to the properties that you guys are doing and using, let's start with kind of who do you serve and support in your, in your work and who are you looking for particularly um, that you love to work with. Uh, uh, you, you mean as, as, and I'm going to add, do you mean yeah. as far as like investors? As partners, or, as investors. Yep. Okay. So, well, uh, let me, let me start by saying one of the, and this is not my investor. This is my CPA. Okay. Sure. So I'm going to go back to that because, <laughs> because with yeah. the, some of the strategies that we've learned about with our asset mapping in our life and then looking at direction on, you know, what, what our business is about, if you will, like even giving us questions to ponder and figure out, well, okay, am I really about that? Or what am I about? You know, um, that has allowed me to figure out my personal investment philosophy. So my investment philosophy is certainly about creating passive income. I love that because I've lived that myself, having been a W-2 employee, I now do this full time. My husband is still a W-2 employee, even though we sold our business, there is still um, some transitional time with that, if you will. And so we're living, making that transition, like, you know, so you want to be able to create passive streams of income, like money that just comes in from your investments. So we love to provide opportunities for individuals that are seeking that. But I love generational wealth. And here is my why. So we are looking at our life and creating investments and 
cash flow that goes into perpetuity beyond me, beyond my adult children, beyond my grandkids, which I now have two lovely four month old grandbabies who are just the love of my life. And I'm excited about more whenever that happens. And, and then legacy, like, what are we, what are we known for? Certainly within all that, we can give some um, real life scenarios on tax strategies, but I love to steer individuals to the experts because I, you know, I can't give that legal advice, if you will, I can just share with you my journey, what we've walked through. So we've sold businesses, we've done all this, we've sold investments and people wonder why. Well, it was just a great time in the market. And so I am about putting the money where the money works best for you. So I'm not married to one asset class. We have commercial properties. We have had storage facilities. We have ranch a ranch, I was going to say ranches, but a ranch, um, and monetizing that, you know, figuring out those agricultural deductions. But really what I did is I bought an event center and I'm not running it that way right now because I'm not looking for another GAOB, but I, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm looking at some of those options. I currently do Airbnb. I've got um. what I call lifestyle investing in Belize and in Beaver Creek, Colorado, and yeah, so uh, I'm involved in some developments um, and I know nothing about the developments, you know, it's just, I'm partnering with the experts. And so, so, you know what, that's probably another key piece. Is that is super fun, by the way, and you learn so expert, <laughs> right? I mean, if you're not, and you're on this learning curve, be willing to jump in and figure out what hat you can wear, mm -hmm. you know, how you can be a value. And these are things that people say all the time, but I mean, it really is true. You know, maybe your value is your balance sheet. Maybe your value is you're going to get down and do some nitty gritty, roll your sleeves up work. Maybe your value is your database and, and investor relations. You know, maybe your value is managing the deal, but these are all parts that kind of come together in a syndication. And so figure out what you have to offer and connect with people who are doing it and are experts and good teams. I mean, really great teams because you're in this alliance for multiple years. It's like you can either be in a good marriage or a bad marriage. Which do you choose? You, well, you choose the good marriage. Okay. So you got to do your work to figure out what like these people, because you may not know them. And it's like, Oh, I've gone to this great seminar and I met these folks and they seem so successful. And it's like, Oh, what's the backstory on them? You know, it's not, it's not, it can be smoke and mirrors. So yeah. don't get too excited. Like do your homework, do your part. And because there will always be a deal. Well, and sometimes it's, it is as subtle as a marriage in that you're going like on the face value, we're, we're in it for the cash value where we yeah. want to help families. We want to go into multi-units. We want to go into lower income areas and help people out. And, and this is all great. And then all of a sudden something hits and you're like, Hey, no, <laughs> that doesn't work for me. So it's it way better to ask way more questions ahead of time. As I yeah. always say, ask three times more questions and you're willing to put out money. It's right the it's getting to know people take them out for supper find out kind of how they they treat people around you or how they're treating the conversation or what they're talking about to discover these things that is so important michelle that you mentioned that because 
uh, I think initially, even, even with my own self, I will tell you, I was too afraid to ask some of these questions, you know, like all the questions that we're saying, do this, do this. So I guess my, my suggestion here to, to you is I do not want to tell you what to do, but I want to suggest strongly is to not let fear like jump in your, your mind, your mindset is a battlefield and it can either propel you or it can paralyze you. And, and I had some fear. I had some things that I had to kind of overcome because I'd never been in this space really and in this way. And people didn't know me for Robin Binkley, investor, syndicator, you know, uh, money multiplier, uh, podcaster, uh, author. They knew me as Robin Binkley, Brett Binkley's wife. We have a civil engineering company, mother of three, who's run nursing homes for 24 years. So people didn't see me in the, the vein of who I was becoming. And, th and that's a shift for folks, you know, when they begin to, to see you as, oh, okay, you know, you're, you're really doing that. You're really... Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know what? I'm really doing that. And I'm not doing too bad. I'm doing pretty good. Right. <laughs> and you but, know what? Own it. Own your successes. Own and, own well, and own the curiosity of it. It's like, yeah. it's okay not to know. It is totally okay to have never yes. dipped your toes into the real estate world. It is fun. And just going, hey, I'm checking it out. It's all good. Yeah. Fun, and, fun. And, and it's not been that long, really, that I've been been doing this at this level. Yep. And, and I think there's power in that because people think, well, God, you've been doing this for 20 years. Well, you know what? Yes, I have, but, but not like this. I've been investing in kind of things slowly and strategically and methodically and, you know, trying to put money into my 401k and that's not, I don't think that way anymore. I think the fun part too is you you start to figure out not only what you bring to the table but you start to figure out what you like about it and what's fun about it because there may oh be gosh. some hidden thing that you're really good at and you don't even know because you've never done it before you've never even been exposed to it before I know I know fun. well you know Michelle honestly the thing that I'm discovering that I love more as I kind of navigate these waters is I love connecting with people like you. And I love connecting with folks like our audience. And I really enjoy, like it brings me great satisfaction to kind of just sit and take a few minutes or longer or dinner or lunch and, and just kind of listen to someone's story and hear their, their dream and their desire and kind of say, well, you know, let me connect you with somebody that can really help you. Who do I know in my wheelhouse that can help you move your needle a little bit uh, and help create strategy? Like I'm discovering that in my own self, that that, that is like, really, I love that. And so I think you know, we discover who we are and who we're becoming and we step into that. And so who knows what is next around the corner, you know? I mean, that really is, I think for all of us, right? As we're, we're never, we've never arrived. We've never arrived at the destination, you know? Absolutely. And once we get there, it's like, oh, and then there's this other horizon. And then that there's I can this other like 
path I'm going to take because I met someone and now I'm doing this. And so be open to the unexpected, you know, it sounds so touchy feely, but I swear it's true. You know, I'm kind of stepping into that place. Like, okay, you know what? This is on my vision board. These are my dreams and I'm going to do it. Um, There was this uh, situation that occurred to me last year that probably has me more in that space than ever. I was carjacked at gunpoint last year, unexpectedly during the day. Yes. And I can't think you would say that would be expectedly. (laughs) Unexpectedly. I was at the gas station. Yes. Pumping my own gas. I was like in and out because the next day I was headed to go see a couple of my single family homes. I was going to drive out and be the landlord. My favorite, my unfavorite job, (laughs) but I was doing it. And so I was just going to like, there was nobody at this gas station. I had just come home from a doctor's appointment. So it was in the morning. And so I was headed to my office, popped in, turn around. And all of a sudden there's this gentleman who had, I don't even want, I shouldn't say he's a gentleman because it was no gentleman. He had a Glock at my waist and he was like, give me everything that you got and give me your money. I really thought he was talking to somebody behind me, right? Because it's so bizarre. And then in the same moment, I'm thinking, well, my purse and my phone, or in there, if I just kind of lean in and grab it. And then it was like, well, you know, his gun is in my waist. He's going to shoot me. Right. So it's like, what do you do in these unexpected moments? And I ran anyway, you go into so much there, such a powerful God story about, you know, that, but what it did, what it did for me is I, I looked at in my mind, life is too short. Like what, did I plan that? Would I have ever thought in a million years in the same neighborhood I've been living in for 30 years that this would happen? No, like, no, I would never. And I'm a mom of three. So I'm pretty, pretty mindful of safety. Mom of three girls. Let me say that. I'm pretty, pretty mindful of safety. Right. And, um, and then I realized life is too short, you know, live your life by design, like step out there and do these things, whatever these things are, if it's spend time with your family, great. If it's invest and get involved in real estate, you know what? Do it. You want to create more passive income. You want to shake off that W2, jump on it. And so like this sense of urgency, like really mushroomed in me. And I've been living my life that way. And, and it, and it really became quite exhausting last year because I was like, on steroids with it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then this year it was like, it's been my year of saying no and stepping back to go deeper, not wider Mm -hmm. to, to look at some of the unnecessary. And I'm still living my life on purpose and on mission. And I'm still doing those things on my list, but I would leave our audience today with, you know, look at your financial statement figure out where you are. Like, where do you want to go? Okay. Now let's look at the in-between and figure out how to get there. Those are your investment strategies. Talk to your CPA, you know, get connected in some groups. Look at who you're hanging out with, who are you circulating your life with, you know, because they impact your mindset and just do it. Whatever that it is for you, do it. Um, Because there's power in that. We never know what tomorrow holds. Heck, what mm-hmm. does this afternoon hold for us? I would have never thought at 9.45 in the morning, I could have lost my life, you know? And now I live differently. 
I love it. So talk to me about some of your uh, investments, some of your properties, some of your syndications and what you have going on, either okay. past or present. Okay. So uh, two syndications that we've been in that we were um, general partners in was um, the multifamily, did that in February, and and then um, go very different, uh, Bitcoin mining fund. Um, this this past towards the end of the year. And that was a project that I was in with a couple of women who are really experts in that field. I'm not an expert in cryptocurrency and I'm not an expert in Bitcoin mining. And so what I did is I aligned myself with, with again, like I've said, people that know far more than me. And it has been amazing to learn that asset class. And and, you know, as you begin really looking at your investments or what are you GPing, it's really great to look at a diverse portfolio because if something's not doing well here, mm -hmm. something else can be doing exceptionally well over here and kind of look at your investments that way. I know there's, you know, a number of folks that are, are solely into multifamily and I think it's great and wonderful. I really do. Uh, or, or simply self-storage or simply mobile home parks and whatnot. And, and so I just enjoy the diversification. So right now, right now, I do not have another syndication to step into, but I, you know, I'm kind of beginning to look at this mobile home park um, yeah. because it's a, it's another great asset. It's affordable housing. You know, it's affordable housing in a different way. And so that's something that I'm looking at and um, also kind of maybe expanding our Airbnb space. Um, we currently do that with a couple of our properties and and maybe looking at, you know, expanding that uh, something else I'm working on. It's not a syndication. Uh, but I've got a couple of amazing women I'm collaborating with to uh, work on a women's retreat. Um, and so, you know, the, I'm, I'm saying this because, you know, who you connect with and all of a sudden it becomes like this. There's so many opportunities. It's like what fuels you, you know? And so I hope that I hope that's answered your question. I love it. And I love I'm the diversification. The <laughs> no, I love the diversification because... To me, it's a, um, well, and I'm seeing, I keep saying a lot, I keep seeing a lot of Renaissance people going, they had a background in IT and they're going into kind of the crystal healing thing. Somebody had a background in this and now they're going in completely kind of what's perceived to be left field and to have those different variety of interests and things. I've always been very eclectic in my, <laughs> my so clearly I am. So we, That's we awesome. connection. I love it. <laughs> I, so I know people are going to want more from you. How would they start their journey with you? Well, I am happy for anyone to reach out. It's it's a general email, but it does get to me. And it's team at realequityip.com. Nice. So just, you know, shoot an email, um, you know, and, and one of my staff. Ask for that statement planner and you're in. <laughs> yeah. Start yeah, a conversation but, somewhere. You know, anywhere. really, you know, I don't know where to start with a personal financial statement, you know, yeah. and, but I will also share that um, I had the privilege of, of being in a, a book recently that I co-authored with, you know, a number of authors called next level your life. And it's, it's an amazing book with a bunch of folks who've been just 
super successful in so many areas. And it's a number one Amazon bestseller in 30 different categories and internationally. You know, if you'd love a copy of my chapter, happy to send that to you also. Um, but this again shows you like how you can just kind of yeah. go in so many different areas that you never thought possible. Never nice. thought. I love it. So what's your chapter about? So I wrote about my experience um, that I talked a little bit about, about being held up at gunpoint um, and how it really like pivoted me in this business space. You know, I was already in the real estate space as far as syndicating, but how it fueled my passion a little bit more specifically with a sense of urgency. And, and I really talk about that because I think there are these markers in our life, whatever your experience is, which drives you, you know, to that next space. And that just happened to be what drove me in this space. And it's opened up a lot of opportunities that perhaps I were there, but I could never see just, I don't know why. And now I'm really receptive to all that kind of comes my way, really, you know, and looking at, does it fit, you know? Yeah. So I, I really did write about that. Yeah. And, and, you know, transitioning out of W2 into passive income. Mm -hmm. Which brings me to my next question. And of course, peeps, we will have all of Robin's links in the notes so you can go and yeah. send her an email, ask for the planner or the chapter in the book or yeah. start a conversation. Whatever that is. Awesome. So Robin, at what point in life did you know that you were a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? I have probably always been an entrepreneur at heart. Um, it wasn't like this one thing that occurred in it. And, and I did not have um, a, a, a startup business in um, elementary school or junior high or something like that. But what I did do is... Um, right after I graduated from college. So I, so I married a gentleman who, uh, and, and he is still my husband today. Uh, I, he's my, the love of my life and, and he's like super dynamic. And so he's, he's an entrepreneur also. And so we created this business where we were bottling these flavored vinegars. Okay. And you know what? I haven't thought about this in so long. I can't believe I, I'm like talking about this because I haven't thought about this in so long. And we would go to these like um, shows, you know what I mean? Where you like taste stuff and everybody's got their stuff out. And it was really during a time when we were like super into like chili and chili cook-offs and all this kind of stuff before kids, after college. Okay. So like this narrow window of time. And, you know, we started this business and, and I, it had a PO box and I, you know, all of this stuff. And it was like, suddenly I've like got, you know, I was going to all these wineries and, and getting water called splits. And it's, it's like a, a smaller wine bottle. And I was driving all over the place and, and I was working as a social worker. Okay. And I, I'm like stuffing and mixing and doing all this stuff. And it was like, all of a sudden I just quit because I allowed like life, like work, you got to do it again. I didn't have the tenacity at that time in my life to carry it through. I just, I just didn't. And so interestingly enough, I had somebody ask me not too long ago, well, like if you could go back, what would you change? 
And you know what I said? I would said I would change absolutely nothing. Maybe take action a little bit earlier, but really I wasn't prepared to be where I am now at 54 without having gone through like all of the ups and downs in my life, my marriage, our business, working, being exhausted, being a mother. And so I just believe in the fulfillment of the season of your life. And so like embrace where you are now. Don't live in regret, you know? Love it. I love it. I love it. You have been absolutely awesome. Thank you. Any last words for our peeps? I would just, you know, love to have a moment to, you know, connect. Um, If I have, you know, any way of connecting you to someone else that can better meet your needs, whether that's through a CPA or a legal counsel or somebody that maybe has a deal that better works in your wheelhouse than what I might have. I, I, that brings me great joy and satisfaction and happy to share any golden nuggets that I might have that might be beneficial. So just connections. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And I know how valuable it is. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Peeps, thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Thank you for listening to 7 to 8. If you're interested in upping your speaking game, be sure to connect with our guests with the links in the show notes and connect with me to see how we can help you get your tech done for you and help your speaking dreams come true.